catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Good morning, Eagle Nation. You got your Birds 365 Mac and Mac guys here to hang with you for the next two hours on Jacob Media YouTube channel. We got about 100 of you all streamed in. So I'm going to ask you guys, since you're here this early, you must like something about the show. So go ahead and hit that like button to start yeah. the show off on the right foot, right? Why not? Thank Championship you week. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we've it, been it, through it all together. So you might as well uh, finish it off with us here on birds 365 yes if you like the philadelphia eagles then you should like birds 365 so just go ahead and hit that like button uh as we get the show underway johnny mac we got two hours to uh, look at the matchup between the 49ers and eagles which is now less than 80 hours away the countdown is truly on uh but before we do i do want to just give a uh, a nod to a couple of philadelphia eagle guys or at least one who got acknowledged and a couple who didn't, which I think is just highway robbery. When it comes to NFL awards, yesterday the Associated Press laid, named their finalists for a bunch of awards. And a couple of Eagle guys are in the mix and a couple of Eagle guys aren't. And this is going to sound so Philadelphian, but I truly feel this way. 
the the snubs are worse than the guys who actually ended up uh, are in the mix for their individual awards. No great surprise, Jalen Hurts is in the MVP finalist. They go with five for MVP, and the other awards they just go with three. So somebody, first of all, has to explain that to me. Why, yeah, why we got to get Rob back on to explain this situation because <laughs> everything was whittled down to five, and then all of a sudden Rob Motti, who's in charge of the voting for those people who don't know from the Associated Press, then he put up three finalists for certain categories from the five, but he didn't put up three in certain categories from the five. So next time Rob is on, I got to ask him. And we had Rob on earlier this week. Yeah. And he did kind of tip his cap that one of the Eagles assistant coaches was going to be a finalist for assistant coach of the year. He wouldn't tell us which one we know. We know it's Shane Steichen. Um, so he, he did kind of hint at it, but he didn't give us all the details. We know the details now that uh, Jalen Hurts is an MVP finalist, five individuals in the mix. He's probably going to finish second <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, but we'll see how it shakes out. And uh, great season for Jalen Hurts. If he steals the award, God bless him. Uh, great for him. Great on him. Um, and Shane Steichen, I just mentioned, is a finalist for assistant coach of the year. Good on Shane. But Nick Sirianni isn't one of the top three for coach of the year in the National Football League. Are you kidding me? Where this team came from to where it finished up, most wins in the National Football League. How is he not one of the top three? I like the three that are in, Dable and uh, Dougie P and Shanahan. They all had great years. I don't know that any of them had a better year than Nick Sirianni. Oh, he's not in the mix for that. I don't understand. And even more annoying is the fact that Brandon Graham, after playing just two games last year, two, he played two games. He had two tackles, zero sacks. In his 11th season in the NFL, he gets the most sacks he's ever gotten, 11. And he's not one of the comeback players of the year. A couple of running backs, Christian McCaffrey, who, oh, by the way, is a guy who may decide the game on Sunday with the way he runs the ball for the 49ers. Uh, Saquon Barkley and Geno Smith, I'll give it to you. Quarterbacks have such an impact on the outcome of the game, and he goes from being a career bench warmer to the starter of a playoff team in Seattle. How is Brandon Graham not one of the top comeback players in the league this year, Johnny Mack? Um, I, I, I don't, I, you know, me, Jody, I don't get upset at these things because ultimately it comes yeah. down to the, the definition of each voter. Right. And I say that all the time and everybody has different definitions. Like I'm with you on comeback player of the year. What the hell did Geno Smith come back from being a, 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 a backup? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I give him credit for being a, a tremendous story and, and, and proving himself when he got an opportunity, that's all great, but he was a backup for most of his career on merit. Um, and, th- and that to me is not a comeback. That to me is like a breakthrough. If you want to, if you want to have a breakthrough player of the year award, that to me is a breakthrough. You got to be coming back from something. I think Saquon Barkley played 13 games last season. Um, uh, don't quote me on that, but I think he played 13 games. So what is he coming back from? Ineffectiveness? That to me is not not a comeback. That that to me is, hey, getting yourself right, improved, most improved. Now he's got such a reputation. Whatever award you want to name, to me a comeback should be players overcoming something. And Brandon over, overcame a torn Achilles 
um, uh, at, at his age to play at as high a level he ever has. Um, now, probably that's probably an overstatement, but he's played at a, a very really. high level. Well, I, I know people get caught up in sacks, but Brandon Graham has been a very good player for a very long time. I just people, I just think a lot of people don't recognize it because uh, the sack numbers haven't been in double digits. And getting up to that number has a lot to – guess what? He would have been up at that number if he had Hassan Reddick helping him uh, a, a number of years ago. So my point is he's been a great player for a long time, but he came over something very significant, uh, overcame something very significant. So I'm on board with that, but I, I, you know, people have different definitions. So I, you know, I think their definitions are wrong. I can say that, um, but that's that's how they look at it. That's that's the lens they view the world through. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, Nick Sirianni to me is more interesting because if you if you phrase it, you know, like you did back in August or back in the off season, he's coach of the year. But the Eagles were so good, like everybody's expectations changed. Oh, that's a good team. That's a good team. So most of the voters, and it's always been this way when it comes to coach of the year, vote for the guy who does the most with the least. You know, Bill Belichick could have had 10 in a row. I don't know. But they never gave it to him because the the Patriots were expected to be at that level year in and year out. Andy Reid now, the Kansas City championship game, championship game, championship game, champion. He's not in the final three because they're expected uh, to be that good year in and year out. Brian Dayball, uh, you know, I think is going to win it because they weren't expected uh, to be a very good team. And everybody looked at them in the offseason and said, wow, that's that's a disaster. Poor Brian, you know, hopefully he can get things going in the right direction. And they not only make the playoffs, they win a playoff game. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan's a little bit different, but he overcame, you know, they lost their starting quarterback. They lost their backup quarterback. Now he's in the championship game with a third-string quarterback. And everybody goes, wow, wow. So it's all about expectation. And the Eagles got so good, like everybody forgot their early expectations and then said, well, you know, anybody can win with A.J. Brown and, Hassan Reddick and an MVP candidate playing quarterback and people forget nobody, nobody saw an MVP candidate. And I, I said, the people that claim they did, you're lying. You're lying. You're exactly such, right. Well, or you're <laughs> such an Eagles fan. You think every Eagles quarterback is going to be the MVP one or the other. You're either unrealistic or you're lying, but, but people forget the expectation halfway through the season. And then it becomes readjusted. And Nick Sirianni is just the coach of a really good team. So um, what, what you're saying to me is blame the Eagles for getting out to an 8-0 start. Yeah, exactly. That, that yes. took the expectations took, to a new level, and that made yes. Sirianni just literally, doing what he was did. supposed to do. It did. It did. It, it literally did. And they were too good, and everybody readjusted their thought process. Again, if, if you could take everybody you know, in a slumber – and they want to sleep with their thoughts on, on 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 the day before the regular season, went in a hibernation and woke them up and said, oh, God, the Eagles are where the Eagles are. Uh, Nick Sirianni, coach of the year. That's what would have happened. Well, and if that's the case, and you might be right, John, um, that's not the way that has gone in previous years. NFL coach of the year or any other sport coach of the year 
that the voters are smart enough to remember. Well, here were my precincts. If you needed to write it down on a piece of paper to know what your expectations were, if you weren't mentally strong enough to remember what your expectations were, then shame on you. Why do you have a vote? You don't deserve to have a vote. Shame on the voters for this. Or specifically, well, I'm sure that when Rob put out well, the top I will. three can yesterday, I add, uh, can he I didn't also just add... jump around. He kept them in the order that he had them. So Sirianni didn't finish in top four in voting. Shame on the voters. Can I also add, um, outside of Philadelphia, and I, I wrote about this uh, yesterday, um, you know, Nick is um, not as well-liked outside of Philadelphia because of the way he acts um, at times. That probably a little bit as well. But more so, I think people readjust. And I think it's 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 not, it's not a, a matter of being mentally strong enough. I think people realize it. They just readjust their thinking and saying, well, I didn't know this team was so talented. Um, and, and you know, he's got so much talent where somebody like Dayball did so much with nothing. Um, I think they go in that direction. That's most voters. Most well, voters. Again, I'll go back to Shanahan. He's just, and oh, by the way, they'll match off on Sunday in the NFC Championship game where both teams deserve He's got a lot of talent too, but somehow he made it. Well, in. I yeah, but Jody, here here's the difference with Shanahan. And by the way, I think Nick should have been a finalist. I guarantee Nick would have been a finalist if he won the final five games with Ian Book. I guarantee he would have been a finalist. That's the difference between Kyle and and Nick. Well, here's here's the way I look at it. He's got his best quarterback playing right now. He may have been third string on the depth chart. If you can readjust your thinking as you go with Nick Sirianni, oh, my God, he's got a lot of talent, so you can expect him to do that. Well, guess what? I think Brock Purdy's a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think Brock Purdy's a better quarterback than Trey Lance. So well, just you didn't because think the that, guy I started bet, the year as the third string quarterback doesn't mean he was the third best quarterback. Same exact thing as adjusting, readjusting. Yeah, but I just said. You do the same thing for the quarterback. But I just said, if the Eagles won the final five games, you're the hypothetical guy. I said, if the Eagles won their final five games with Ian Book. Now, I guarantee you, Jody, you're doing it yourself right now. Go ahead. When Brock Purdy came in, you didn't think he was the best quarterback on the board. You think it now, but you didn't think it when he stepped in. There's no way you could have thought, oh, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the seventh round pick. Yeah, he's better than the third overall pick in the draft. And he's, but now I know you don't like Trey Lance, but he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. You like Jimmy more than I do. There's no way you thought Brock Purdy was better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I can't stand Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, even I didn't go that far. I mean, he's an, he's an NFL quarterback. He's made a Super Bowl, he's made two championship games. Now, granted, Kyle holds his hand just like he holds Brock Purdy's hand. Um, there's no way you're going to sit here and look in this camera and say you knew Brock Purdy was their best quarterback. Kyle Shanahan sure as hell didn't know. He sure as hell didn't know. Yeah, Dick Vermeil back back in the Trent Green days, John, he you didn't know. One hundred percent right. I'm not going to say that. But if we're going by, you can readjust your expectations on the fly, like you're suggesting voters did with Nick Sirianni. I do the same exact thing with Brock Purdy. I've now seen what I've seen. Yeah, and but I I'm, giving, I'm giving you what, what you're missing is I'm giving you the, the, the Jody Mack hypothetical. 
if the Eagles won their final five games with Ian Book, I know you don't like Ian Book, but this is a hypothetical. If the Eagles won their final five games with Ian Book, Nick Sirianni would be a finalist. I, I agree with that. But now let's jump back into the real world and, and leave hypothetical to the side. We know what Brock Purdy did. You're, you're, we're projecting in hypothetical terms what Ian Book could have done. <laughs> yeah, Ian Book could have done this. It becomes irrelevant for the Purdy. vote. You would have said the same thing before Brock Purdy. You uh, that, that that that's that's what I'm trying to impart. People are giving Kyle more credit for getting a rookie quarterback, a rookie seventh round pick, up to speed. Remember. How many how many games has San Francisco won in a row? They haven't lost in three Twelve. months. Twelve. Twelve. So they had won what? Guess count in the playoffs. They had won five in a row anyway, uh, before Brock Purdy got in 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 the lineup. Yeah, I, I say they keep eight going. because Purdy came into the Miami game trailing seven to three in the first quarter. Well, the so point that's, was that's a w all right for him. All too. right, four and zero, whatever you want. No, that's eight, a month. No. Six and zero in regular season, two and zero in the playoffs. No, I'm saying before he got in the lineup, they had already won four games in a row. Uh, they were starting to get their stride. They were starting to move. They were starting that we we all know how talented they are. They were starting to get it with Jimmy Garoppolo, um, again a, a, a limited quarterback. Um, the people are giving him credit for getting a third. And by the way, they should give him credit. I mean, if you're not going to give Kyle Shanahan credit for getting a seventh round pick ready uh, to get to the NFC championship game after losing. And remember, this is a guy who knows a little bit about quarterbacks. Uh, and his plan was to go with Trey Lance. And then he had to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. He knows a little about quarterbacks. It wasn't like he was saying, Oh, I got to get Brock Purdy in there because he's better. Just like the, you know, to Dick Vermeil's credit, back in the day, you liked the Kurt Warner comp. You know, Dick was crying because yeah. he thought Trent Green was his guy. And these are people that know a lot about quarterback play. So to get somebody like that ready, I, you know, if if Nick Sirianni did that with Ian Book, and I know people laugh and say, no, that's that's goofy. Said the same thing about Brock Purdy. You were surely, and, surely and most would have. people, You're right? Most people uh, said, "Oh, their season's over. Their season's over. They're down to the third string quarterback, and here they are in the NFC Championship game." The one significant difference is Jalen Hurts played like an MVP this year. He's in the MVP finalist. Oh, that Jimmy Garoppolo never got into that conversation. Well, that's and part of I it. I don't think Trey Lance will ever get into that conversation. We're just talking about positions on a depth chart. The difference between where Jalen Hurts is right now and what Ian Book could potentially be and what Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance have achieved and what Brock Purdy has done are two very different. Well, that's part of it, too. I think a lot of the voters go, well, Jalen played at an MVP level, and they don't go back to, to, to August and say most of them, and I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm going to say all of them, didn't see Jalen Hurts playing at an MVP right. level, and they're not giving Nick Sirianni credit for that because the guy's playing at an MVP level. It's not, it's not right, but I'm just saying that's – that's how it goes. That's just how it goes. That's why I can't get upset by it because people think the way they think and you can't control it. Let me ask you one more question. Good point by uh, Mint Diggity here on the stream. Do you think Sirianni lost the Coach of the Year award because 
Jalen did go out for two games, and Gardner Minshew went 0-2. Well, it didn't help him. Didn't help because, him. Uh, we can argue about Brock Purdy and how how good he is compared to Garoppolo and and uh, Trey Lance. They they held their own. No, let's be truthful. They got better when a quarterback who was coming off the bench got in with the Eagles. Gardner mentioned. Yeah, it didn't help. And and, and 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 again, people are going to look at loss loss, and they're not going to look at the Dallas game where Gardner played very well. Uh, the New Orleans game was a disaster. Yeah, they're going to see 0-2, and, and most aren't going to do the homework and say, well, they were pretty damn competitive in a tough spot, three straight road games, Christmas Eve, Dallas. You know, that was a pretty tough spot to win a game with Jalen Hurts, to be honest. I was talking about it all year. Um, yeah, so 0-2, it hurt him. But Kyle's not going to win it either, Jody. He's not going to win it either. Yeah, Brian Dayball is going to win it. You're right. You're right. Uh, and my homework says, yeah, uh, Gardner Minshew threw three interceptions against the Cowboys. I don't he, don't think that should be forgotten. He threw for a lot of yards. It was a close game. He did throw for three INTs. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We will talk to our bud, Ed Kratz, special ends up next. Mr. SI himself here with us on Birds 365. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask. 
including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, here with you on Birds 365. We are joined by our good friend, Ed Kratz, Sports Illustrated's uh, very own. And when he comes out with us, he's ours. We take him in like family. Ed Kratz, uh, the family was uh, debating a little bit. Is Nick Sirianni been woefully abused by not being a top three finalist for Coach of the Year in the NFL? <laughs> woefully huh woefully, um, that's my word yes sorry yeah I, I editorialized I, a little bit there <laughs> i i i think he has um you know there weren't a lot of expectations for the eagles to win the nfc east at the start of this year right i think dallas was the was picked by most to uh to to win the division and um you know sirianni won five more games than his team did last year now you know a lot of the smoke i got on my timeline when i went put this out there that I thought Sirianni got kind of hosed was that, well, he's got this great roster and, you know, I don't yeah. think. I uh, see Jody. Yeah. Expectations yeah. change when they got so good. Um, and once those expectations rise, Ed, all of a sudden people forget, Oh, they weren't supposed to be this good. And then Jody brought up a big point. Then he got hit because he lost games with Gardner Minshew with a great yeah. team. Yeah, that's that's it's ridiculous, that's, but it is probably what it true is. too. But yeah, yeah, I listen, you know, what he did with Jalen Hurts, every nobody thought Jalen Hurts would yeah. be the Jalen Hurts that he became during the season. Uh, you know, the Eagles were even looking for another quarterback, uh, in the offseason last year. So yeah, I think he kind of got got hosed there. I, you know, listen, I think he should be a finalist, but I think Doug Peterson will probably win it, um, just based on you know that disaster that he inherited from urban Meyer down in yeah. Jacksonville uh, to get that team into the playoffs and win a game. Nobody saw that coming. Um, but you know, the roster being what it is for the Eagles still, you have to perform with that. You still have to have your culture in place. You still have to put a scheme in place. You just can't run a collection of talent out there. Um, I mean, look at the Cowboys. They were picked to win the division. How come they didn't win it? Mike McCarthy didn't do his job, right? Because they didn't get to the next round of the playoffs. So you know, listen, I thought, you know, and I, and I don't want to slate anybody. I mean, Brian Dable did a good job, uh, obviously, with the Giants. But what was he, 3-5-1 and one over his last eight games after getting off to that fast start? I, yeah. I just yeah. don't see coach of the year material there. Yeah. And he got blitzed uh, when he went up against the team, which – but, you know, you're right. Think about this from where we started, Ed. This guy got marked down for not going 16 and one. 
that's that's how much the expectations changed during the season. And and I wonder if even he had gone sixteen and one, had he been a finalist for. I think he would have been a finalist if he went sixteen and one. Because remember, if he goes sixteen and one, he won two games with Gardner Minshew. Right. So then you get elevated for that as well, Mm -hmm. because I think that's why Kyle's there. Kyle was, you know, he had a great team too. Everybody expected San Francisco 49ers to be a contender. Um, But what the difference is, he lost his starting quarterback. He lost his backup quarterback. Then he wins the final five games and and playoffs don't count. He wins the final five games um, with the third string quarterback. So he gets elevated by that. I, I, you know, if he was 16 and one, I'm not saying he would have won it. He would have, but he would have been a finalist. I think. Yeah, well, you, could, you could play that "what if" game. I mean, what if Hurt stays healthy and they go sixteen one? Is he still the coach of the year? You know, nominee. I mean, I don't know. I, you'd like to think so, yeah, but uh, you know, it's just a yeah. shame. It's unfortunate. You know, Brian Dable is zero and three against Nick Sirianni, and Brian Dable might be the coach of the year. And you know, we saw it back in twenty seventeen, right when Doug Peterson took the Eagles to the number one seed. He beat the Rams and Sean McVay during the regular season uh, after losing Carson Wentz during the game. Uh, and Sean McVay ends up winning coach of the year. So, I mean, we've seen this slight. Yeah. Before. You think that's what got. Well, some- let's go there, Ed, um, yeah. because one thing I also threw in the hopper, I threw in the mix is Nick pisses some people off. People in Philadelphia love him. Mm-hmm. And I wrote about this yesterday on SI.com, but yep. you know, he's mugging for the camera. You see it, opposing fans can't stand the guy because he's, you know, he's celebrating like he's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Um, you know, outside of Philadelphia, he's not that well-liked by some people. Does that impact uh, these awards? Well, it shouldn't impact voters. I mean, fans aren't voting for the coaches. Yeah, I mean, well, but, yeah, um, yeah. It, but it probably does. I mean, you know, writers, you and I and – Everybody else, we're, we're human, and yeah, that could that could play a hand in it. You know that whole villain role that he likes to uh, put on his shoulders. I mean, he's he's fine with it. He doesn't care, and yeah, sure, that could have impacted him. I mean, there's a lot of things that could have impacted him not being in the final three here. Uh, but yeah, you can look at a lot of co- like Andy Reid. Everybody just expects him to win, but you know, he lost Tyree yeah. Kill. Uh, you know, they traded Tyree Kill away. Didn't oh they? yeah, they don't even consider Andy. I, I know Andy's supposed to win. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. And, you know, he had that, like I said, Tyree kill. And there, there's other coaches that you could probably make a case for, too. But Sirianni's omission is probably the most glaring. And then, you know, there's been uh, there were other omissions, too. I thought Brandon Graham with the comeback player of the year. And not yeah, we talked that. about Brandon. Yeah. Well, Geno Smith is coming back from being a, a reserve for all these years. That's a tremendous comeback. I, I told Jody, you know, maybe have a breakthrough player of the year. That's the category Gino Smith, but I get a kick out of it. I, I, you know, I literally said the words, everybody thinks differently. And, you know, we had one commenter say, Johnny Mac's wrong. Uh, he's lumping everybody in one category. I literally used the words, everyone thinks differently. People hear what they want to hear. People think the way they want to think. And to some voters, I bring that up for this reason to some voters overcoming being a backup 
for seven, eight years is every bit as a comeback is coming back from an Achilles. From my definition, it is not. But you can't control other people's thinking. That's why I can't get too upset by it. Yeah, uh, I like that idea. Breakout player of the year. That's a, That'd be a really nice category. You put Dexter Lawrence probably in there, the Giants defensive lineman. Uh, you know, you put a few people in there. Uh, the Giants tackle, Anthony uh, Thomas. Is that his name? Andrew. Andrew Thomas, Andrew right. Thomas yeah. I knew him he had, yeah, he had a great season. He had a great yeah. season based on his year. I mean, that's a great category to have. And then you could have a legitimate comeback player of the year because I always thought comeback to me meant injury, you know, and, and I now I know it's not. But I always thought it was from an injury, coming back from an injury. And, you know, what more serious injury do you have than an Achilles for a 33-year-old man uh, to come back and rehab it? And then – put up 11 sacks in the regular season. Never before has he done double digits. So uh, again, that's to me, that's probably the more glaring of the omissions is, yeah. is Brandon Graham. And or again, coming I don't back, know. coming back from ineffectiveness, like Saquon Barkley, that's not a comeback. That's uh, yeah. not, uh, it, it, but yeah, some people think it is. Yeah. I mean, and he played and Saquon played 13 games last year. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, I know he was coming back from his ACL, but that was two years ago. And then Christian McCaffrey, you could put him – I mean, he's always hurt, right? I mean, he's he played hurt, like 10 yeah. games the previous two years. So, you know, you could put him on the list every year probably because he gets hurt so often. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Brandon Graham is the biggest omission. Agreed. Uh, I think Nick got shortchanged. I think Brandon Graham was robbed. Yeah. I, uh, comeback player of the year for the playoffs, Avante Maddox. He really going to play on Sunday, Eddie Kratz? I, yeah, I think he's going to give it a go. I mean, he was limited yesterday. If he's out there without a walking boot, like we had seen him in the walking boot for a couple of weeks, uh, you know, the, the past couple of weeks. I mean, if he's out of that walking boot and he's out on the field and he's running around, yeah, he's probably going to play. Uh, how effective he'll be or how long he'll play, who knows. But, you know, this is it. It's all or nothing now, right? I mean, if, if you can walk, and you can play, then you're going to play. And I and I think Maddox is going to play. And that that if he can be effective and he's back to close to 100, percent then that's going to help this defense against the Niners team that has so many weapons that you have to account for. And then being able to put Chauncey uh, Gardner Johnson back there at the safety spot uh, would help this defense immensely. Yeah, um, you know you do have a little bit of of. You're playing well. Do you want to upset the apple cart? But I think Abante's the type of player where, yeah, you upset the apple cart. Because bottom line is, he's not replacing uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He's replacing Reed Blankenship. Reed's done a tremendous job. You tip your cap, but you say, hey, thanks for the memories. We got to go with our guy. If Abante's healthy, especially against this team, Ed, because this is a yards-after-catch team. Yeah. And – I joke all the time that Kyle Shanahan said it before. He's holding – he used to hold Jimmy Garoppolo's hand. He's holding Brock Purdy's hand. They're going to get a lot of short throws to Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, uh, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and, and the 49ers are about yards after catch. you got to tackle well. This is a tackling game for me. And Avante Maddox is a good tackler. Now, he hasn't played in a while. Maybe that impacts it. But I think he's really, really important for this opponent specifically. For where somebody else, maybe I could you could get away with it. But with for this opponent, this is the perfect time to get Avante Maddox back. 
I agree. I mean, you're right. They're, they like to run a lot of that short stuff and, uh, you know, get your, get their receivers in space. And then you have to get to the, whoever catches the ball and tackle them. And Devontae's good at, it. but you know, Blankenship's good at tackling too. I think, I mean, he, he can, he can get you to the ground um, where I think maybe he's a little limited is is in coverage. Um, but you know, a lot of safeties are, are, can't cover real well, but uh, you know, Blankenship's done great. And uh, the Eagles really have a safety and that might impact their plans in the off season because they have two free agent uh safeties and Marcus Epps and uh, CJ Johnson. So uh, Blankenship's play might sway some decisions that Howie Roseman's going to have to make here in the next month about who's coming back at that spot. But for now, I'd rather have Monte Maddox in there and, you know, your undrafted rookie free agent at the ready just in case he's needed, but not having to play a big role or as big of a role as he played the last couple of weeks. I just got a text from Davis Webb and he said, Tell Ed Kratz maybe he needs to reevaluate Reed Blankenship's tackling ability, but that that was oh, oh okay. yeah, Davis uh, ran over uh, Reed Blankenship. Yeah, at the goal yeah. line of all places, not yeah. good. Uh, yeah. I Ed Ed Kratz, if I tell you two words, plus minus, will decide this game on Sunday. Do you like the Eagles' chances? Uh, plus. Minus, I mean, yeah. As in, who gets the most turnovers? Who, at the end of the oh. day, has more turnovers versus turnovers created? Plus, minus, whoever ends up in the plus category wins yeah. the game. I got you. I, I would say the Eagles plus probably plus one in that category. Um, and if you know the 49ers were the leader in the National Football League in plus minuses. 20 interceptions they had. Um, great number. Uh, those safeties especially are really, really good. Um, Gibson and uh, Ufanga, I think they have nine of the 20 picks for the Niners. So, yeah, I'm aware that they have a very good ability to take away the ball. And they picked Dak Prescott twice. But, um, you know, I, I like the way Jalen Hurts has been taking care of the ball pretty much all season. And, uh, you know, I think you'll be wary of what that defense can do to you if, you, if you're careless with the football. So, uh, I think the Eagles will take it away once. I think they'll find a way to maybe intercept Brock Purdy, maybe, you know, hurrying him. But he gets the ball out so quick, uh, Brock Purdy does. And, you know, I think it's important if you're going to get that turnover, you're going to have to get the lead if you're the Eagles. I think you need to play from ahead like you did against the Giants, put the 49ers into a little bit of a hole early. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you telling me they'll actually consider taking the ball first if they win the coin toss? Ed Kratz says no. they need to play from the lead. If yeah. they win the coin toss, what's Sirianni going to do, Eddie Kay? I, I'm in your camp, Jody, and I, I held your hand right onto this path, man. I knew you were going to go right there when I said about taking the lead. Just Kyle Shanahan in you. Yeah, he's holding your hand right into <laughs> Thank it. You. I, thanks, Ed. I could use that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that they should take the ball. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's that. I've always thought that. I think you, you, you guys, a, you guys got to hope they lose the coin toss then. Bottom that's line, right. Because if I they know. win it, they're deferring. Yeah, thanks um, to Brian Dayball last week for saying, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. play defense. The, the yeah. Eagles, you the know, coach the Eagles, of the year, first mistake. Yeah, let's play defense. The Eagles were 14 and three in the regular season, they were also 14 and three winning the coin toss, which is unbelievable. Um, now they're 14 and four winning the coin toss. Yeah. 
You know, I asked Jalen Hurts about that after the game. And I asked Shane Steichen about that, but I can't talk about it because it was off the record. Yeah. Uh, you know, is there something to getting a tempo early for the offense? I, I think those guys think there is, but they also realize the strategy advantage if you can sandwich the 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 end of the second quarter and the third quarter with scores, you're you're gonna be in really good shape. So if you want them to set the tone, hope they lose the coin toss. Because if they win it, they're deferring. Because they're, they're not afraid of Brock Purdy. They're not. I'm sorry. They're not. They're not afraid of Brock Purdy. And they'll give them the football and say, hey, good luck with 70,000 ill-tempered people screaming at you. We'll see how you hold up. Yeah. I, you know, look, there's an argument for both sides. But me and Jody, let's get the ball, man. Let's go that. The way this offense hums early, I'm I'm revving it up. I'm going down. I'm putting seven on the board and saying, here, come get us. Now it's harder for you. Now the crowd's even more thirsty because now you're up seven, nothing. And then you send your defense out and that crowd is even more in Brock Purdy's ears. Oh, so, I, I get the thought yeah. process. Yeah. And, but, I, but I will yeah. say with the 49ers, you also have to take into account, even if you take the football and score, like Kyle's a guy who is not going to abandon the running game early in the game. No. He is not. He is no. not. He knows what his team is. So there are t- there are other teams where it would impact more. I don't think it's going to impact the uh, the 49ers if they get behind. Now, if they get behind by three scores, then you got an issue. But obviously, can only score seven points on the on the first drive. So I don't think it impacts them. And I think that plays into Nick Sirianni's thinking as well. Yeah, but I think it impacts the momentum. That's my point is I think now that crowd that you mentioned is already, you know, irate or whatever your word was, you know, ill-tempered. Ill-tempered. Um, yeah, ill-tempered. Stole that from Dr. Evil. <laughs> now it's even more ill-tempered. If you're up 7 nothing and you're asking your rookie to come out there and try to play catch-up, uh, yeah, I mean, and they won't abandon the running game. Now they, the 49ers are going to have to run the ball to have a chance in this game, no doubt. Yeah, And, and uh, they're going to have to do well on first down and second down because they're going to have to control the ball, try to keep the Eagles offense off the field. Um, and that doesn't matter whether you win the coin flip or not. What matters is you're up 7 nothing if you're the Eagles, probably, if you get the ball. And now the crowd's even you know more thirsty for, uh, uh, for a win. And I think that this game will be decided by both teams playing to their strengths on offense. And that would be San Francisco running it and the Eagles passing it. Now, we know the Eagles can run it. We just saw it with our own eyes last week when they ran it down the New York Giants' throats. But they were ahead. They could. They dictated everything. If the Eagles pass it more than they run it this week, by design or by reaction to the scoreboard, they're going to win the football game? Oh, it depends by how much more. I mean, you, you know, they've been a pretty balanced team offensively most of the year, right? I mean, I think they've kind of been in balance between the run and the pass. They might have had more games where they've passed more. Um, but you don't want to be chucking it around 40-plus times to try to win this game, I don't think. I think you're going to have to work the run in there, too. And you're going to want to play a little ball control. And, you know, I, I think the Eagles have Miles Sanders that can run the ball against this defense and uh, this offensive line 
is very strong, obviously. And uh, I think they're going to have to run the ball at some point. To I, I think they need to rush for over 100 yards in this game to have a chance to win, to be honest. Um, but they'll pass. And I think the biggest weakness of this Niners defense is their inability to kind of stop the big play. I, I think they're in the bottom five of explosive plays, 25-plus uh, more yards per play. And, you know, listen, we saw Quez Watkins in that regular season game last year just blow by whoever it was down the right sideline for a 91-yard gain or something like that. He didn't score, and then the Eagles didn't take advantage yeah. and score once they got inside the 10. But, yeah. you know, that's just an example of what this offense can do with the deep play. And the way A.J. Brown was, you know, kind of uh, frustrated against the Giants, not really getting A.J. wants the ball. And the ball, and, you know, I think they'll try to get him loose maybe with some of those deep throws once they get on the plus side of the field, maybe try to spring him for a deep ball. So, yeah, I think – but to do that, I think you have to run the ball to set those kinds of explosives up. So you're going to have to run the ball in some fashion. Um, Let's talk about A.J. because he was frustrated. Are you a little surprised by that? Because he went through this entire season. We didn't get an inkling of the sort of Giba mentality – uh, from A.J. Brown, just good guy, good teammates. Um, obviously, he got the ball a lot. He set the franchise single-season record for receiving yards. Um, they won a lot. There wasn't a lot to complain about. All of a sudden, you get to the playoffs. You know, that was his second least productive game of the year, and probably it was his least productive because the other one was Washington when he hurt his ankle early in the game, so he wasn't a factor. Um, But the Eagles ran for 268. Who cares? They won 38-7, which plays into it. They're so far ahead in the second half, they started running the ball more. That's what you do. Um, Are you a little bit surprised that he was visibly frustrated? And it was an issue. Let's be honest. He wants to turn the page, but it was an issue. I was a little surprised, but then, but then you think about, you know, the stage, you know, the, the lights are brighter. The playoffs are here. Uh, everybody's watching your game because you're the only game on. Uh, and this is where players make their bones is in the postseason. And, you know, this is where they leave these lasting impressions because more people are watching, more of your peers are watching. And he probably was frustrated that he wasn't more of a factor. And then he, you know, he was free for a touchdown on a long pass that Hurts overthrew him on. Maybe he's a little frustrated with that. Um, but I, I also wonder, I know he's, you know, a full participant in practice, but it just seems like maybe there's – it wouldn't surprise me if we find out that he has some kind of injury that he's going to need operated on at the end of the year, whether it's the ankle or, you know, something else. I, I think there could be a little bit more, too, with the injury situation than he or the Eagles are letting on. So that could be a factor as well. Um, but, yeah, it was surprising, to say the least. Uh, you know, we'll see. I think the Eagles are going to try to get him the ball, uh, you know, him and Devontae and Goddard. I mean, you know, the Eagles have just as many weapons here as the 49ers do. One of the weapons the 49ers have, and, yeah, I'm calling him a weapon, not necessarily that he's going to put up statistics, but he's a weapon just the same, that I think the 49ers take good advantage of just because not too many teams in the National Football League do it, is Kyle Juszczyk. Their fullback. Mm. Who uses a fullback anymore? Uh, like three teams. That's about it. But they still do. And I think that's a key to their running game. 
are the Eagle linebackers, Edwards and, and Kaiser White, going to be able to fight off those use jack blocks? Because that's the difference between a McCaffrey three-yard gain and a McCaffrey eight-yard gain, is if the linebacker can get off the use jack block. I think they're going to use them plenty. Uh, the 49ers don't care if you know they're going to run the football. They think they're good enough to tell you they're going to run it and then run it anyway. Are the Eagles linebackers going to be good enough to get past what San Francisco's had them blocking scheme-wise? Yeah, it's a good point. Juice. I think that's what Sirianni called him the other day was juice yeah. for use check. Um, good question. You don't see a fullback very often, and, and we'll see. I mean – you know, Edwards had 159 tackles. Kaiser was over 100 tackles. So, you know, just based on stats, you'd say, yeah, they'll, they'll find a way to get off of the block and make a tackle. You just hope, like you say, it's not five, six year, yards down the field. And another thing that Juszczyk brings is uh, they'll use him in the passing game. You know, so you have to account for him if he's in the backfield and he kind of leaks out, uh, you know, on third and shorts or third and mediums. You, you have to be aware of where Juszczyk is because they'll throw the ball to him. So, you know, he's kind of a double-edged sword that way. And he's just a good player, fullback or not. He's just a, a good, solid player. And this offense that Shanahan has uses him in a lot of ways. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan, we talk a lot, is is very unique when it comes to play calling. So, you know, when you thought about the potential matchup, uh, 49ers versus Cowboys, about who would come in here for the championship game, Um you know, I think the familiarity would have helped the Eagles a little bit and, and vice versa, the unfamiliarity. And, and you just mentioned some of it with the fullback, Ed, and all the eyewash, uh, uh, Jim Schwartz used to like to call it, that that San Francisco uses. Um, and it seems to only have amped up as, as, as Brock Purdy has gotten into the lineup because I think Kyle understands he needs a few more bells and whistles um, do you think that hurts the Eagles just because they're not used to seeing it? Well, I, you know, I mean, you don't know whether they're going to scrape an, another defender down to kind of keep the edge from Jalen Hurts from gaining the edge. Uh, there's a lot of unfamiliarity, and you're just going to have to adjust as the game goes on. It's, but it's the same with the Niners. I mean, how many RPO teams have they faced that can run the RPO like the Eagles? So, you know, you flip it over to their side. Yeah. And – there's just as much unfamiliarity on that side. So is there a bigger advantage for Philly or San Fran? I, I don't know, to be honest. We're, we'll find out. I think it's going to be which coach can, which coaches can make the better adjustments as the game starts to unfold. Uh, and that's why I like taking the ball, because you have those first 15 plays before the defense can adjust to just go down there. You already have them scripted. You have an idea what you want to do. And you can just run down there and, and, and score a touchdown. I think the 49ers, if they get the ball, they'll do the same thing. They'll go down and put seven up. And all of a sudden, you're down seven nothing in the championship game, and the screws start start to feel a little bit tighter. So, uh, I think it's going to be an adjustment game. Which coaching staff is able to do it, and and both coaching staffs are very very good. So, uh, there's so many evenly matched things in this game. It's just going to be fascinating to see how it uh, unplay, uh, plays out. All right, let me get your thoughts on another potential adjustment that could be made, and that's moving Nick Bosa. We know Bosa prefers to play on the left-hand side, which means he'd be going up against Lane Johnson, Mr. Shutout himself. No pressures, no hits, no sacks, no runs, no walks. Please drive home safely. Um, and he did it again this past week, even in pain the way he did. Yeah. Bosa will, from time to time, move to the other side, and they'll move guys around on the defensive line. 
How much do you think that'll be the case on Sunday? And if they do, can Jordan Mailata get uh, motivation out of that? Say, oh, yeah, you're going to bring boats over here to see me? Well, I'm going to have to pancake him then, too. Uh, how much do you think Bosa moves on the defensive line for Sam Fran? Well, I mean, I don't think he'll move any more or less unless he's being stonewalled by Lane Johnson. And you say, That's hey, kind of what I'm suggesting. Yeah. Lane, I mean, Lane yeah. throws a shutout at him in the lot first half. Oh, we got to get him to the other side. Right. A lot, right. lot of Nick Bosa disrespected. Jimmy Kemsky went through every sack he was on the show, Ed, and said, hey, Nick's been doing it against bad tackles. Um yeah, maybe a little bit overblown, Nick Bosa. At least uh, that's that's what I've heard the past couple of days. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, did, by the way, did good. Jimmy did Jimmy do that work for Hassan Reddick too? And who yeah. he did or well, didn't beat or did good point, Jody. Good point. Yeah. Good I don't point. know. Listen, you can only beat who you beat, man. I, yeah. Right. You exactly. know, you're not playing Anthony Munoz and you know some of yeah, these exactly. guys every week. I mean, I don't put a lot of stock in that. Good, good job by Jimmy. Does a great job with stuff like that, but. Uh, I, don't, I don't put a lot of stock in that. I mean, Nick Bosa is a damn good player. Yeah, and, uh, yeah he is. You know, wherever you put him, it's going to be a handful. And it was interesting. Dallas Goddard talked to us yesterday, and he mentioned that yeah. matchup. Ninety-seven. Baby. Yeah, he he almost said it almost sounded like yeah, is he he's not he's going to be in to you know help out a little bit in whatever the run game pass game is, and they may motion Goddard to whatever side Bosa's on. If they move Bosa over Milata or over Lane, they might put. Goddard on that side too to do a little chipping before he goes out, um, but I think Goddard's going to be a, have a hand in trying to block Bosa. Um, it's interesting that Omen uh, Omenuru guy, uh, the other yeah, he got uh, got some legal trouble this. I don't week, know, if but it looks like he's going to play. He looks like he's going to play. Of course, yeah, of yeah. course he will. Um, but yeah, yeah. championship. He, yeah, he's a handful. Armstead's a handful. I mean, you know, you don't have. <laughs> You're going to have to win some one-on-ones here. You can put Goddard to help on both all you want, but you're still going to have to win some one-on-ones somewhere on that field. All right, that cracks. Yeah. If, go uh, ahead, just Jerry. Let me add that if they do, it'll be the first time the Eagles go to uh, uh, Goddard as a addition to the blocking uh, pattern. They, they leave their guard, their tackles out on an island. They never Usually. give them any help. Usually. They don't keep them back Usually. in the chip. They don't use the tight end. Yeah. Well, Stoll maybe every once in a while if they're in two tight end sets. Yeah, I'll go with that. But And we know how good a blocker Goddard is, but mostly that's in the running game. Goddard doesn't do it. They, they just don't do that. They, yeah. you, you tell them well, they're going to show Nick Bosa that much respect that they're going to do something that they haven't done all year. Well, they have. You know, it's sort of baked into the offense when they're in 12 personnel. Obviously, they, they have some tight ends in. But when they're empty, nobody uses more empty sets than the Eagles. So when they're empty, um, you know, Jordan and Lane are left alone on an island. And oh, they're yeah. comfortable using so much empty because they're comfortable leaving those guys on an island. So that's part of it as well. Uh, at Kratz E, follow Ed on Twitter, si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Uh, you can read Ed there and me if you'd like at times. Um, I, it, it, you're not going to be here the rest of the week, Ed, so we got to get you on record. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's going to win this game? I'm hemming on Han, man. I need all the help. I picked the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl before the season. Do I stick with it? Jody picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl before the season. Does he stick with it? What do we do, Ed Kratz? Who I, I two matchups I like Jalen Hurts 
over Brock Purdy, and I like 70,000 fans in the seats rooting for the Eagles. I think two big advantages in a game that, to me, is so evenly matched. You look at the quarterback and who has the better quarterback. And to me, the better quarterback is Jalen Hurts. And then you factor in the home crowd. So I think the Eagles will find a way to win. Um, it's not going to be 38-7 to like it was against the Giants or against the Vikings five years ago also in the NFC Championship game here in Philly. Uh, but I think both teams will get it into the 20s, defenses aside. I think both teams will find a way to get it into the 20s, and the Eagles will have the higher score uh, right. at the end. Fair enough. But that uh, home field advantage thing, yeah, everybody expected it because Nick Sirianni couldn't even make coach of the year because of the revisited expectation. Yeah, everybody knew the championship game was going to be played here in Philadelphia. So uh, Eagles just go out and get it done. Eagle fans just go out and get it e uh, done and uh, have some Brock Purdy for lunch on Sunday. Eddie Kratz, we appreciate it whenever you come on. Oh, we're fully planning on having you again next week because the Eagles are going to advance as per Ed Kratz. Hopefully that's the case, Ed. Thanks for jumping in today, bud. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Ed. Ed Kratz, John's running mate from Sports Illustrated, here with us on uh, Birds 365. All right, I'm going to come back. A couple more things I want to run by Johnny Mac. We got a good guest coming up in hour number two uh, for you guys who are loyal streamers. Clark Judge has been on with us before. He is both a host and a writer for Talk of Fame. He is an NFL Hall of Fame selector. I think they prefer to be called selectors than voters, but we'll run that by Clark when he comes on here. And uh, Clark, in a previous lifetime, was a beat writer for the San Francisco 49ers years ago. Uh, but we turned back the clock a little bit with Clark. Uh, but he's a uh, great NFL writer. He's going to join us coming up oh, a little over 20 minutes from now. But more John McMullen, Jody McDonald coming back here on Birds 365. Hey, Eagles fans. Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event.
My name is uh, Fran Solano, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. needs, and budget. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Countdown on to the showdown with the 49ers coming to Lincoln Financial Field, the championship of the NFC at stake. Uh, Johnny Mac, I want to ask you about an individual legal player who I don't think we've mentioned in weeks here on the show. And it's just because his name hasn't come up. He hasn't done anything to merit it attention-wise with a great play or merited attention-wise because he screwed something up. But he's one of the 22 Eagles starters. And, oh, by the way, he almost never comes off the field. Going Epsy on me? Exactly where I'm going. We haven't mentioned Epps in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Again, hasn't, hasn't made any major mistakes. Even the games that they lost, New Orleans, and that wasn't like Epps was a major contributor to those losses. The win last week against the Giants, Jay was out there, but he didn't do anything special, but he didn't screw anything up. Could Epsy be a key guy in whether the Eagles win or lose Saturday, uh, Sunday against the 49ers? Yeah, I think it's more of, uh, you know, when we talk about the Eagles, you know, and it goes back to another preseason thing. You know, remember when Miles Sanders said it's an all-star team or whatever, and, you know, he got a lot of crap for that. Turns out he was right. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out he was completely right. They have so many pro bowlers, all pros, pro bowl alternates all over the field. Uh, Marcus is just steady, you know. He's not not a great player, um, but he's steady. 
And as you mentioned, you know, if you talk about who's on the field the most, he's literally on the field the most. Uh, I'll look it up real quick. 1,142 defensive snaps uh, first on the Eagles. Um, There you go. um, And, you know, he's not, you know, the 49ers had an all-pro safety. Um, He's not that type of player, but um, he's he's been steady. And when you don't – when it comes to defensive backs, it's, you know, it's great to have splash plays. But it's almost just as important to not be noticed. And you don't notice Marcus a lot, you know, because he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, And especially in this defense, where I talk about it all the time, so many different teams play similar styles, and you see so many blown coverages. Now, you see blown coverages here. I'm not trying to say you don't, but compared to everybody else, it's – that the number is much less and he's a big part of that. And um, he deserves a lot of credit. It is interesting though, because, you know, and, and we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about this after the season. The Eagles got to make a lot of decisions on the defensive side of the ball. He's proven himself as a starter. He's going to be a free agent. Um, You know, how much does Reed Blankenship's ability to step in and play at a, um, acceptable level you know obviously you want to find a way to get cj gardner johnson back he's the playmaker but he's gonna cost a lot of money because guess what he's the playmaker playmakers get paid yeah um so it's gonna be interesting but he's been a very very important part of of this team and you know it's about not getting noticed for marcus epps right and uh, the, the Eagles will, and and Gannon runs uh, the defenses that he runs, and I think he does a great job. But he's going up against Shanahan, who does an equally great job. I'm guessing they're going to try, and this is easier said than done, to try and get Kittle isolated on Marcus Epps. You would rather have Chance Ch- uh, Gardner Johnson playing him because he's more of a playmaker, might be able to come up with a pick. That's not Epps' strong suit. But Shanahan is great at getting guys into matchups. Eagles in zone most of the time. So you got to read the zone and and make the right move. Uh, They have said that uh, Kittle is the kind of guy who will just create on his own, doesn't always stick to the plays, and he's already got a very good working relationship with the quarterback of the Niners. Purdy seems to know what he's going to do when he's making it up as he goes along. I think they're going to try and get Kittle isolated on Epps a lot this game. Do you? I, I think more because of, uh, they get the ball out quickly. I'm more concerned with the linebackers when it comes to Kittle. And I'm more concerned with, uh, you know, Kaiser White trying to carry him down the field in the seam uh, before the safety can get there. Um, you know, everybody everybody knows the, the Eagles use a lot of quarters coverage and everybody's got quarters beaters, so to speak. And if they're in quarters coverage, run this to beat it. Um, I think that, that, you know, too often, and you see it with Fred Warner, uh, Seattle plays a lot of quarters as well. Uh, San Francisco mainly cover three, but then they sort of toggle back and forth and you see Fred Warner carrying tight ends down the field, sort of Derek Brooks style. Um, 
Derek Brooks is in the Hall of Fame for a reason. I don't like what people expect linebackers to to carry players like George Kittle or Travis Kelsey or Dallas Goddard, for that matter, all the way down the field unless you have Brett Warner, and I don't think the Eagles have that player. And I'm the biggest T.J. Edwards fan in the world, but they don't. But Warner's a little bit different. Um, so that's I'm, I'm sort of more concerned about that when it comes to George Kittle. Right, but because they don't have Fred Warner, I think uh, Gannon's going to know we're going to have to get the safety uh, tighten it up a little bit and be able to pick up uh, Kittle. And that's why I'm saying it's it's going to be one of the two safeties. I think the Eagles hope it's more often uh, Johnson, uh, Gardner Johnson, but it could be Epsi. Epsi may be the guy who's going to have to either uh, cover and uh, pass defend against uh, Kittle and or tackle Kittle immediately because the 49ers are as good a yard after catch uh, team as there is. And he's the kind of guy who makes those type of plays. Epsi's a good tackler, though, so uh, I, I don't think uh, we'll see an angry run winner by George Kittle just face masking uh, Epsi away on a big play on Sunday, but we'll have to see. All right, uh, but one thing I do want to see from the Eagles fans on Sunday is, given that home field advantage that we talked about extensively, that's why they went 14-3, and three, to make sure this game was here. Brock Purdy, as big a fan as he's made of me with his play so far, has never faced this kind of crowd. Um, the Eagles fans are going to be loud and proud and borderline obnoxious right from the get-go. If you're Kyle Shanahan, how do you try and shield Brock Purdy from that? Is it all in preparation prior to? Is it uh, somebody to hold this hand, a phrase you used earlier in the show, which was a good one, during the game. How do you get Brock Purdy through what's going to be his toughest road assignment in his career? That's a good question. Um, and that's one of the reasons I'm leaning towards uh, flip-flopping in this game. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I keep coming back to that, Jody. I keep coming back to that. How does he survive this atmosphere uh, when I've seen veteran quarterbacks wilt in it? Um, he's got, I'll tell you what, if he wins this game, I'm, I'm changing my tune. I'm going to be here on Monday morning and I'm going to be a Brock Purdy fan um, because if he handles this, that's, that is a big, big test. Um, and look, he's going to do everything possible. We've already seen it. We've talked about um, getting the football out of his hands quickly. We've talked about the yards after catch. I don't think you're going to see a lot of throws outside the numbers. Um, occasionally, you know, they, they use a lot of play action. So if they start running the football well, you're going to see the play action. Then they can take a, a few shots. Um so that's what he's going to try to do. He's going to try to get the running game going, but sort of old school football that Philadelphia fans, so many Philadelphia fans like. Um, get the running game going, get effective, stay ahead of the chains. The worst thing that could happen for the 49ers, and this is a big part of the environment as well, because if you start getting false starts, if you start getting negative plays in your third and 13, yep. 
look out. Um, so I would say number one, you know, stay on schedule. Um, no negative plays. Uh, don't put them in situations where, um, you know, I've talked about Darius Slay and James Bradbury baiting him. Um, don't put him in those types of situations. See, I don't think that's a big uh, part of the game because I think he's too wet behind the ears to be baited. Who you bait are the guys who have been around forever and think they can read every step of the field and think they can pull something off. Oh, I think Purdy's just going to stick to the place. I I don't think he's going to try and outdo a D-back from the Philadelphia Eagles. You're right about him throwing a ball over the middle of the field. That's what impressed me about about his game against the uh, Cowboys. He just laser-like throws the ball down the field in between the, 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 the middle of the field. He's got them hanging. He's got nerve. Now, he may pay a price because, yeah, uh, a deep lineman gets his hands up, get that ball tipped, and, uh-oh, the Eagles could be off to the races. But Purdy is not afraid to throw it down the field. I think it's nervy to throw it between the hashes the way he does. Oh, I don't think he's going to get baited into anything because I don't think he's going to throw outside the hash as much in this game. Yeah, well, either do I. I mean, they generally don't do that. But, uh, uh, you know, as I said, unless it, it's play action, unless the receiver's wide open. Like, he's when he throws it outside the numbers, he's got to see the wide receiver open. Um, whereas opposed to, you know, some quarterbacks will throw so-called throw a receiver. Open. Um, you know, but that's, that's where that baiting comes in. It's not necessarily, um, you know, if Bradbury and Slayer are smart enough to know where they can get to, where they can travel to, uh, and sort of, you know, you're trying to feign that the receiver is open and they, they do it better than any group. Um, any tandem, I should say, um, in this league. And we're going to see. I mean, I talked about I, – I watched – you know, I didn't get to see a lot of Brock Purdy when he came in during the regular season, but I've seen every play of the playoffs. And both first halves were shaky. Both first halves were shaky. So I think it's important uh, for the Eagles to take advantage of, of the opportunities they do get defensively, no dropped interceptions. If he throws it to you, catch it um no dropped interceptions if he gives you that opportunity because i think he's shown in both that he starts to gain confidence all right nothing bad has happened the, the other shoe hasn't dropped and he played pretty darn well down the stretch of that cowboys game after the cowboys didn't take advantage of the opportunities they had and then all of a sudden he's throwing the football over the field kittle makes a great catch and all of a sudden he starts getting a little mojo, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, you know, I think it's important for the Eagles to take advantage of opportunities when they're there defensively. And the guy who, who kind of gave him a big helping hand in the second half was Elijah Mitchell because McCaffrey wasn't 100%. He had the calf thing. It popped up on him during the game. Um, he did not have his best game last week, and we can only speculate as how much he was handicapped because of the injury that he was playing with. But Elijah Mitchell came in and ran the ball pretty damn effectively, and I think it will be a two-headed monster. Certainly if McCaffrey's 100%, he's going to be the lead dog, uh, but they're not afraid to use Elijah Mitchell, and I think the 49ers are going to want to come in here and run the ball as much as possible because I would if I were them. Uh, you want to keep Jalen Hurts off the field. Uh, the 49ers 
agree or disagree with this. The 49ers need to play in front more than the Eagles need to play in front. Oh, God, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, 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 look, I mean, San Francisco is so good defensively. Um, you don't want to get behind, behind them either. But the Eagles are much more capable of coming back from, say, a double-digit deficit than – than San Francisco would be it, it, you know, other than 10, nothing early in the game, because as I said, Kyle's going to be very disciplined. He's not going to give up on the running game, but if the Eagles are up 10 in the second half, you know, book the flights, man, it's over. Um, uh, you know, if the 49ers are up 10, it's not good, but all hope isn't lost. Uh, for the Eagles, because you know, I mean the the bottom line, I keep it. The Eagles are significantly significant. These teams are so well matched everywhere, but quarterback, and they're not playing each other. Um, so I hate to boil it down. I I hate it more than anything else because I hate when people boil things down. Oh, they have the better quarterback; they're going to win. There are a lot of ways to win a football game. But I always talk about margin of errors. I say it all the time. The Eagles have a much greater margin of error in this game because they have a significant, significant advantage at quarterback. True. But uh, the 49ers will tell you that both of their playoff games so far, the argument could be made that the opposition started with the better quarterback in Geno Smith, who had the comeback player of the year type season. <clears throat> And or uh, Dak Prescott, who's got much more experience. And they're right, and that's the point. There are other ways to win football games, and the 49ers prove it uh, almost every week. Well, almost you know, every week. We will see if they do it this week against Eagles. All right, McMullen and McDonald, a.k.a. Mac and Mac, uh, hanging around for another 40-some-odd minutes. Uh, Going to have a good guest join us next. Clark Judge, been a guest here before. I'm Birds 365, uh, longtime NFL writer doing so these days for talk of fame both uh, podcast hosts and writer for talk of fame is going to jump in with us next here on birds 365 go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team. 
Hey Eagles fans, Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Mac and Mac guys here with you on Birds 365. Joining us is longtime NFL writer, host these days on Talk of the Game and also podcast hosts, uh, jumping aboard with us. Oh, and yeah, we'll ask him about the opposition to the Eagles because he was a 49er guy for years out there, out on the left coast. Our buddy Clark Judge jumps in. Clark, how you been? How's your new year going? Good, Jody. How about you? We're doing great, uh, and we are looking forward to a great game on Sunday uh, between the Eagles and the 49ers. Unquestionably, two best teams in the NFC this year? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd say a month ago, six weeks ago, I would kept I was saying in writing, let's just cut to the finish. We got the two best teams, 49ers and the Eagles. Let's just get to it. The Eagles, I think, um, the Eagles and the Bengals are the most complete teams. The 49ers, we all know about the quarterback situation. That's the X factor. This kid's played out of his mind. But defensively, they're really good, and they can run the ball, and defense and running games travel. Um, we know the history of this league. Nobody knows it better than you, Clark. A rookie yeah, they do. A lot of people know it better yeah. than me. <laughs> A rookie – no, don't be, don't be uh, modest. A rookie quarterback has never won a championship game. Um, four of them have been to this spot – is Brock Purdy different? Can he be different in he this can, environment? He, he can. Um, there are several things that I, I worry about. One is, you're right, the environment. It's it's a different environment than any he's been exposed to. It's a hostile environment. Anyone who's been there knows it as a outsider or a visiting team. It's a hostile environment. It's difficult to play with or in front of. Um, secondly, it's just simply the scenario. You talk about the fourth rookie. Um, I, I remember very well being at the 1995 conference championship game. That was Dallas and Brett Favre. Brett Favre was not a rookie. Yeah. Brett Favre was a really good quarterback. Yeah. And that was his first conference championship game. And the balls were sailing over everybody's head. And afterwards we said to him, what was going on? He goes, I got so geeked up. I got so <laughs> anxious. I couldn't control my emotions. This guy seems different. I mean, if, if you know Brett Favre, he's a very emotional guy. This guy yeah. seems a little bit different. He's got his emotions in check. But still, the scenario is such that you win this, you go to the Super Bowl. That gets to a lot of guys. And you're talking now about the last player taken to the draft, somebody who's a third-string quarterback this year, who's suddenly been thrown into the situation. I think it's an awful lot to ask of some guy. The chess match that is between defense coordinator and play callers <clears throat> Every single game in the National Football League gets heightened because it's the championship game. 
you're talking to two Jonathan Gannon fans, although yeah. still, even even with the season they had, there are still some people in Philadelphia in the fan base who go, hey, he doesn't blitz. He's not aggressive <laughs> enough. We, hey, let him go take the Texans. Yeah. You know what they say, need... Jody? I always say Philadelphia fans aren't happy unless they're miserable, right? Yeah. So they must be happy. There's a yeah. percentage of them that fit that uh, definition, yes. Um, but Gannon is up against a major challenge this week in Kyle Shanahan, his ability to play call, even with a third-string rookie quarterback. What will decide that chess match between those two guys? Make Purdy beat you. I mean, don't don't let it be Debo Samuel on um, jet sweeps. Don't let it be Christian McCaffrey. Don't let it be Elijah Mitchell. Make Purdy beat you. They've got a very effective running game. What do we know about McCaffrey? He's hurt. What do we know about Mitchell? He's not feeling real well either, and he was hurt this season. Um, they do like to do a lot with um, Debo Samuel, but he's been hurt this year. So put it in the quarterback's hands. Let's see what he's going to do. And this guy is the last guy taken in the draft. Nobody expects anything of him. We saw last week struggled a little bit. He wasn't bad. He doesn't turn the ball over, but make him beat you. If you have to come from behind, can he do it? Now, I know what we have with that uh, one example back in college, right? Hurts against Iowa State. That was in college, all right? And that was a great game, 42-41, yeah. played lights out. This is a whole different scenario. So make him try to beat you. You've got a ferocious pass rush. Can he really figure out what's going on here if he can't get the running game going? Can you? Can he bring you back from 10 down, 14 down? I don't know that. All right. How important is coaching here, Clark? Because we all know Kyle Shanahan's reputation of, of, yeah. of scheming people up. And um, you see it on the film. I mean, he's just uh, – uh, if he's not the best play caller, he's certainly right there with Andy Reid, play schemer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they do a lot of different things. You mentioned the the jet sweeps, the orbit motions, the motion. Um, how much can he scheme up? Uh, he's done it already. They haven't lost in three months. Uh, right. Brock has won whatever. What is it? Seven, eight straight. Seven. Um, yeah. Seven he's stars. already run it. Yeah. Uh, he came in that eighth game. That's right. Might have been, um, might as well be eight. Yeah. Yep. So, how important is coaching in this game, and 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 how good has Kyle Shanahan been to get to this point? Well, I've always said the coaching is at its most important in the pros, as opposed to uh, college. College, you have better players. In the pros, theoretically, you all have the same players. You have the ch- chance to get up the same players. Now, we know you don't. But you still have a chance to get great players, all right? And, and so, to me, coaching really, really matters. I think you see that in Kansas City with Andy Reid, and you guys certainly know about what Andy did in Philadelphia. But Kyle Shanahan is a great schemer, play caller, that sort of thing. I do worry about him, though, because people want to put him on a different plane than everyone else. I go, wait a second. You mentioned, Jody, at the beginning, yeah, I covered this team. You know, I covered the 49ers back in the 90s when they were a really great team. Um, he's the offensive play caller who blew that 23 game against yeah, the yeah, Patriots with yeah. Atlanta. Then he goes to San Francisco a couple of years later. He has a 10 point lead on Kansas city in the fourth quarter yeah. blows that. Why? Yeah. Because he falls in love with his play call. He's going to be smarter than everybody else. So he's going to throw the ball when he should run it. When Atlanta, all you do is run that ball and, and the Patriots aren't coming back. He should have gotten the game ball from new England um, in the Kansas city game. Same thing. All he had to yeah. do was run yeah. the ball. What could Kansas City not do? He they was bad at the end. The Clark, he was bad at the end of the first half last week. He was yeah, bad. no question. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what it is. Sometimes coaches just think they're smarter than everyone else. And and my 
pet peeve, and I know you guys know this because I've mentioned it before, but my my whipping post is Brandon Staley out in, in the Charger yeah. land. I cover the yeah. Chargers, and I look at some of the stuff he does, and I go, what are you doing? You've got the players. Why are you doing this? And um, it, it just frazzles me. That's why I think Andy is is a, a cut above most everyone. He really kind of plays to players' strengths. Not to say this guy doesn't, but I think there's a, there's a sense with some of these, especially younger guys, I said because I'm an older guy, um, but they're going to just show you that they're just a little more clever than everyone else. We're going to try something now like Andy. Did. I mean, it wasn't Andy, but that team did the uh, snow bubble. I thought that was a little bit ridiculous, to be honest. Guys. I mean, yeah, you're, you're clever. Than, globe, you're more yeah. clever than anybody. Yes, yeah. no globe. Or, um, yeah. You know, you, yeah, you guys having a lot of fun. Don't demean the other team. Come on. I mean, geez. Uh, but anyway, um, it, uh, Kyle Shanahan, his, his father was a good friend of mine. I covered him. His father was a brilliant play caller, and he took uh, a lot of what uh, originated way back when with Sid Gilman, but the Don Coriel done, and and then with Bill Walsh, and he kept tweaking it. And you know what what happened in, in '94 when they went to the Super Bowl, they destroyed the Chargers. But th- that team, very much like this in a way, um, they struggled early, and then they just went on a run. They were actually, you guys would probably remember. They were three and two in the fifth game. They lost to Philadelphia out in San Francisco when Steve Young got benched and all hell was breaking loose out yeah. there. And then they just went on a run after that. This team is very much the same. Can run the ball very good defensively. Difference is that team had a Hall of Fame quarterback. Quickie question since you went there. How did Brandon Staley keep his job? Yeah, good question. <laughs> well, I, I, I will say, honestly, my, my feeling is that the uh, ownership, um, the Spanoses and it's Dean Spanos who owns it. Um, they, they're very happy with what he did there. They don't want to spend the money. I think he's making something like four million a year, which is a lot of money. But in the coaching carousel, um, probably isn't. They're happy that he got to the the, the playoffs. And and in in all honesty, this team was banged up a lot this year. They lost a lot of players, and and so they were lucky. Part to of get the banged them. up was Mike Williams, who shouldn't have been in the game no, in Week that's, 18. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Don't get yeah. me started. I, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. if it's not the analytics, it's something like that. But at least he he scaled back on the analytics some this year. But that Jacksonville game, I thought, uh, I don't see how he survives this. And I went, wait a second, Spanos yeah. is not going to. They're not going to fire him. Um, when in fact, <clears throat> a guy like. Sean Payton is the perfect guy for them to have with that quarterback. The quarterback's kind of plateaued. He's a he's yeah. a he's a terrific talent, and he terrific. could be yeah. a great quarterback, but he's kind of plateaued. There. Well, you got yeah, you got to be willing to spend money to get Sean Payton, and then pay yeah, another coach on top of it. You're right, Clark. Not just so. money, draft picks too, high yeah. draft picks. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the coach here in Philadelphia because yeah. he rubbed some people the wrong way. Um, <laughs> You know, a little bit new school. You're an old school guy. I think yep. we all are. Um, you know, he's celebrating like players, getting an interception, running down, you know, mugging for the camera. But, you know, behind the scenes, he does a heck of a job. You talked about ego, Kyle screwing things up. He took a step back and said, you know what? This is a really big job. Play calling. I got too bogged down. Let me give it to Shane Steichen. Uh, he's turned into more of a CEO coach, so there's a lot of good and bad. What do you think of uh, Nick Sirianni? Oh, there's nothing not to like. I mean, to me, he kind of um, mirrors the, the Philadelphia image. I think he's very much a, a member of the Philadelphia fan base. He, he looks that way. I mean, he's perfect for them. Perfect guy. He's volatile. Um, he's uh, animated. And, and, and I love what he's doing in that you talk about old school. And that's, in essence, he has kind of gone old school in that, 
it's running. They're running the ball and playing defense. And, and yeah, they're a good passing team, but revolves them out around that running game, which is terrific. Um, and Jalen Hurts is part of that. But can he hit you with surgical strikes down the field? Absolutely. I and mean, that's why they're so dynamic. They've got all their bases covered, but especially the two most important areas, offensive and defensive lines. And Howie Roseman gets a lot of credit for that as well. But they built that to protect the quarterback. That's smart. You build from the inside out. That's really smart. A lot of people would say, well, go out and get your wide receivers. Go out and get your running back. No, you've got to protect the quarterback, not only with an offensive line, but with a running game. And he's done that. Um, I, I, I have no problem. <clears throat> John, excuse me. I want to make sure we get this straight. I have no problem with guys who are you know, animated and, yeah, and young guys. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think John McVay is pretty cool out in L.A. I mean, I love what he does at times. And, and it was very um, uh, evident this year that he was going through uh, agony. Watch it. Just looking at his face. And Nick Sirianni, to me, as I said, um, is the, the the perfect poster boy for Philadelphia because he is part of that group and that crowd. You could see when he's when he's hurting, when he's happy, when he's patting guys on the back. When he, I, I, that's great. I think that's great. He's part of that group. Uh, and and of course, because when you're successful, <laughs> it always works. When he's successful, people love that. They love that. And so um, I, I just. I think Philadelphia's got too much for San Francisco here, just because, as I said, every place you go, they've got their bases covered. And, and, and the one place I worry about San Francisco, it's the most important job on the field. The yeah. reason why I'll take Sirianni over McVay every day of the week and twice on Sundays, McVay comes off as, a, as egotistical. You never get he, that about Sirianni. Goofy yeah, no, maybe, that's, I, overly I that's, emotional maybe, but not egotistical. Yeah, yeah I think there's the some truth to that. I think there's some truth to that, but I, 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 um, I knew Sean and Sean's grandfather is good friend of mine, John McVay. Um, and, 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 and Sean is, is not really like that. Maybe he comes across that way. The guy who came across that way to me was uh, Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. Um, but clearly Brandon Staley in LA. I mean, that's the other thing. <laughs> You guys unfortunately brought that. Well, I brought it up in the answer. <laughs> but, but he's got, he's got, and early in the season, they played Cleveland. He's got a fourth and three, I think, his own 46, right? And about a minute 20 to go. Cleveland has no timeouts. He's up by one. All right. Fourth and three. Cleveland has no timeouts. He's up by one. What do you do? Oh, yeah, you punt it. Oh, no, no, no. We're going for it because the analytics say so. He throws a slam pass and it's incomplete. Now, fortunately for him, the Browns were inept. They only moved like five yards, six yards. They kicked the field goal to win the game. They missed it. Afterwards, he's asked about it. And instead of saying, I made the mistake, I wouldn't do it again, he defended this decision and said, I believe in my defense. That's why I did it. Well, if you believe in your defense, you punt the ball, all right, yeah. and let them go 70 yards. But yeah. that's the thing that really gets me about um, about him is that it just it's some, some of these sort of mysterious decisions that he shows no um, – regret about he, he's always right and you're always wrong and you know what he was wrong a lot in the past two years yep. yeah it's fair to say uh want to shift to the afc since we got you clark because yeah. what an interesting matchup uh again you know joe burrow i i thought you know going into buffalo with three down three offensive linemen i i didn't give much of a chance and they just they blew that team out it wasn't even a game really so really impressed with them. We know Andy Reid. We talked about him and his history. Patrick Mahomes, the MVP, but he's got a high ankle sprain. It's amazing what he was able to do. That's typically a four to six week injury, yeah. Clark. We know he's going to play, 
can't be 100%, can't even be close to 100%. That, in theory, uh, uh, makes this game a little bit more competitive, I think, a little bit more interesting. A lot of people think it ships things to Cincinnati. What's your, what's your take on that game? Yeah, I, I always thought it was going to be interesting and always thought it was going to be competitive. And again, um, I think I wrote something about three weeks ago that the best team in the AFC is not Kansas City or Buffalo, it's Cincinnati because they are a complete team. Their defense doesn't get nearly the attention it should. Um, defense coordinator Lou Anarumo has done a great job. For whatever reason, he's on nobody's watch list. I don't understand it. But um, for all the talk about Burrow and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, their defense makes big plays in big moments. And we saw that last year in the playoff opener against the Raiders, fourth and goal at the nine, interception down the goal line when they could have won the game. We saw it in the conference championship game against Patrick Mahomes. They held him to what, one field goal in the second half? Interception in overtime wins the game. So I like their chances. I never, ever underestimate what Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes can do. That said, John, what you just said about that ankle injury is the most telling part of this game. It is a four to six week injury. Anyone that covers football knows that. When I first came across it decades ago and high ankle sprain, oh, ankle sprain, that'll be okay. And then, and then each week they kept going, well, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. And, um, and it, it, it's a significant injury. Now, what Tony Romo said last week, I thought was telling. He said, I've had those before. I've had one before, a couple before. You can play through it in that game. You can try to play through it because the adrenaline gets you going. Yeah. I would, I would yeah. think probably a cortisone probably gets you going too. Um, but you can play through it. But he said, the next day I couldn't walk because um, it's so significant. I know that he was on the injury report yesterday as full participation. I don't know how that's possible, but he was. And, and I look at this game and think, he's going to be limited. I mean, what does he do best? Moves around in that pocket really yeah. well. That's where he's going to be limited. So how do you uh, adjust for that? You run the ball a lot. You throw a lot of short passes and hope he doesn't get hit. Um, this is going to sound like I'm shortchanging the Bengals, and I don't want it to. But if it does, so be it. I'll apologize in advance. Yeah, I'm going to put the blame as much on the Buffalo defensive line in that game on Saturday yeah. as I am going to give Joe Burrow credit for it. He had time. He's got three backup offensive linemen in front of him, and he still had time to pick that defense apart. I know Von Miller was hurt, but what happened to the rest of the Buffalo defensive line? They're supposed to be the ones who are better in the weather, better in the snow, and it looked like they were slipping and sliding all over the place. What the hell, Buffalo? Yeah, you know what I was talking about earlier? Uh, you build it from the inside out, the um, offensive and defensive lines. Um, their offensive defensive lines didn't show up. I mean, nobody showed up that game. I mean, they were basically saying to Josh Allen, be Superman and carry us. Well, mm -hmm. you, you can't do that. You, you just can't do that. And once they got behind by 14, they were cooked. We knew that um, then, and, and we know it now. There just was no sense of urgency there. And, and Jody, you're absolutely right. I went, what about this pass rush? They got three backup linemen. I mean, that's the case. How good can their yeah. offensive line be? These are the backups. Yeah. Their offensive linemen yeah. must be great. They must be all pros up and down that line. Well, they're not. Um, and, and there was criticism of that line the first two games. I think they gave up the first two games, yeah. something like yeah. 13 sacks, and he was yeah. getting hit. Now they've gotten much better They've got because they built that in the offseason. That was a real point of emphasis when they built that offensive line in the offseason. That said, I, I would not 
I would not diminish what Joe Burrow did. He was surgical with his passing. He's unflappable, doesn't get rattled. Um, the, the other thing is that the, the X factor here is, you know, they're going to the Arrowhead. Oh, boy, that's going to be tough. That's a tough place to win, right? He's 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes when Mahomes is playing <laughs> on two good ankles. Yeah, right. that's true. You use that word unflappable. I think it's a good one to describe the quarterbacks this year because um, – you know, Burrow's got that reputation. The new Joe Cool, you know, the yeah. old Joe Cool. Very well. Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, um, Mahomes, uh, Jalen Hurts is like a flat line, Clark. I mean, that guy doesn't go. I mean, he's the same win, lose, no matter what. And he doesn't lose much. He's uh, he's lost one game this year when, when Jalen Hurts is healthy and the starting right. quarterback for the Eagles. And then Brock Purdy comes in as a seventh-round pick, looks unflappable. It, it is is that intangible? We always talk about the skill sets of quarterbacks. Is that intangible more important than people give it credit for? Because we're going to get in draft season, and people are going to talk about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Will Levis and arm talent and all this. But the people in the NFL – overlook all these intangibles yeah yeah i i i don't i i don't think they overlook it but i think some are diminished to me the most important intangible is leadership and your listeners say well yeah of course but sometimes you don't hear that and i'll give you an example um and i talked about mike shanahan earlier um when mike was the head coach of the denver broncos he traded up in the draft to get a very talented quarterback, a guy named Jay Cutler. And he loved what he had in him. He, he says, incredible talent. Haven't seen anything like this in a long time. We're going to make him do a great quarterback. And if you remember, guys, that time they had Jake Plummer as their quarterback. And Jake Plummer had taken them to the AFC championship game. But I think Mike knew, I can't get any farther with him. With this kid, I can't. And I sat down with Ira Miller, who's a Hall of Fame voter and covered the 49ers, the Chronicle, with uh, Jay Cutler in training camp in 2008. And we spent about five to ten minutes with him. And afterwards, I got up and I said, I would never be in the huddle with that guy. Um, he was arrogant. <laughs> he, had no, he had no interest in talking to us. He was distracted. He was, and I said, there's no leadership ability in this kid. I don't see anything. And, and, and fast forward to later in that season, John Lynch was on that team and there was something that was going on in that locker room. Jay Cutler just kept looking at his phone because when we were talking to him, he didn't give us the time of day. And honestly, at one point I said, Jay, you can do us a favor. You either answer whatever those are, text messages, I guess, answer those, or you put that thing down and talk to us. We so put it down like a petulant child and said, fine. You know, and then, and, and I thought, my gosh, this is the quarterback of the team. Well, anyway, fast forward to the end of the season, um, John Lynch, took the phone out of his hand and threw it against the wall and smashed it in a thousand pieces. They just pay, pay attention to us. Would you please, would you pay attention to us? That's what I'm talking about. It's a long story about leadership, but I've always thought that's been sort of um, diminished when we look, and especially with analytics and everything, look at how far yeah. somebody can throw. What yeah. do we talk about Kyle Bowler? Kyle Bowler on his knees could throw a ball through the end zone uh, between the goalposts over the crossbar on his knees at 50 yards. That's what we talked about. Well, so what? I mean, it didn't yeah. make him a great quarterback. It didn't. There are other tangibles. And, and timing's one, certainly. I mean, honestly, um, with the 49ers, they brought, they brought Tom Brady in when I was out there in 2000 for a workout because they bring the local kids in yeah, for yeah, workouts. Yeah. And he was at Sam Mateo. They brought him, brought him in. You know the story. And, and uh, uh, Greg Knapp, God rest his soul, uh, was the quarterback's coach. And 
Um, and he said there was really nothing special about him. I mean, he, he, we just measured everything. He said the problem was we couldn't measure what was inside of him. We didn't know how competitive this guy was. We didn't know that. Now we do. Yeah, would we have drafted? Yeah, sure, everybody would. You didn't know that. And New England kind of fell into him. Dick Rayburn was the quarterback's coach, and, and he fell in love with him. And they, they took him, as we know, the 199th pick, sixth round. But yeah. that's the stuff. Yeah, right, John, you're right. There's certain things that I think every so often with Brock Purdy, how did he become the last player in the draft? How is that possible? I don't know. One day we're going to find out. That's a great story about Cutler because the arm talent on that kid was um, – I've never seen anybody throw back shoulder on a dime yeah. better than Jay right. Cutler. Oh, but, he had great talent. Yeah. But if, if you don't have the other stuff, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. You could just see in his personality, John, if you were spending some time with him, you go, there's nothing here. I mean, what's – Dan Fouts, who I covered in, in San Diego, there was there was fire there, you know, and and I would bet, um, you know, some of these guys in the get in the huddle, there's there's going to be something there that brings the teammates together. The, the thing that to me was always remarkable about Manning and Brady is they made everyone else around them better. They didn't have, well, especially Brady, didn't have a great supporting cast, but, but they elevated expectations and yeah. they just made them better. Certain quarterbacks that are like that. And, and, and you talk about being unflappable. Remember Joe Montana in the Cincinnati yeah. Super Bowl, you know, where they're first in 98, for 98, uh, two yards yeah. to go at the eight yard line. Yeah. He says to Harris Barton, hey, there's uh, John Candy in the state. There, I mean, that's just that's we're gonna go the, great. Yeah, story. that's right. Great. Story. Yeah. yeah. All right, Clark, you're going to make my day or you're going to just blow my day up here. Yeah. Okay. Um, Philadelphia. Next to, question. I'm taking Philadelphia. Not, and I'm not asking you, you the Eagles uh, 49ers pick. Your Hall of Fame duties. You're about two weeks away from having to jump in. Uh, conference call again? Is it Zooming, or are you guys going to do it live at uh, the Super Bowl? Conf- uh, no, we're conference call. It's, and it's a, it's a Zoom conference Zoom call. And, again. Um, yeah, right. and it, the senior uh, contributors, three, uh, four up for uh, potential selection, <clears throat> three players, one coach, uh, Coriel, yeah. Riley, Klecko, and Howley. Is there a number that must get it? Could it be a zero? Can it be a four? How is it based on the veteran guys if they do or don't get in? Uh, it's based on a vote, simple vote. And then it's a, 80% of the um, 49 voters have to vote yes. So it's an up or down vote. So um, let's say the three of us are voting. And, um, and Jody, you present Ken Riley. Okay. And then when they're finished, they go, John, do you have any questions? Clark, do you have any questions? But, you know, there are 48 others other than you in that room. And then there's a discussion. And at the end of that, they said, OK, we'll take a vote now on Ken Riley. Take the vote, turn it in. And then after the um, contributor, who is Don Coriel, and the three seniors, uh, Riley, Howley, and Klecko, are all discussed, then we say, OK, we're voting that we voted on these guys. Now we're moving on to the modern era players. But the results aren't revealed until the very end, the very end. And honestly, the vote results would be all revealed. four could get in or none oh, of sure. the four oh, could no. get in. Oh, no, um, uh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you would expect one of them to get in. Yeah. But yeah, all four, oh, no, all four could get in. And we kind of, we, I mean, honestly, Jody and John, I'll be honest with you. I mean, listen, I covered Coriel. I, I, to me, he's a lock, should have been in a long time ago. Coriel will be in. Those three seniors, I mean, they, sh- they should be in too. I don't see any any way these guys don't get in. I don't. I mean, the one guy I had some hesitation about was 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 um, Klecko just because, sorry guys, and that must be uh, the Hall of Fame calling, um, was because, um, was because um, I sort of looked at that and went, well, who was more dangerous in that defense? Was it Klecko or was it Gastineau? I mean, 
Yes, and got a zillion sacks. And if you're a quarterback, who scares you more? Since they made the change in the seniors, um, everybody's gotten in, right? Since since they shifted it? Has anybody? Um, I don't think yes, anybody. Yes. I don't yeah, think yeah, anybody's, every, been everybody's down. gotten in. Um, but when you say since they've made, made the change, um, I mean, to the change to three, because it was one, it was one, and then it was two, then it was one, then it was two every yeah, other year. Yeah. But now so, we've gone to three. Um, but there was uh, Dick Stanfeld back in 2012, I think, was kicked back, and that's when they had two. If you have two guys, it's it's easier to kick back one than if you have one. If you have one and you kick him back, you're telling the senior committee, we don't trust you. Well, the senior committee yeah. does such a great job of vetting these guys. And, it, and if you saw in 2017, I think it was, when they had two contributors – Paul Tagliabue was one of them, and he got kicked back. And kicked we always back. said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. If you yeah. if you want Tagliabue in, put him up as the lone guy, right? But there was a real, as, as you know, I mean, it's not getting into it. Yeah, the volatile conversation in that room, and then Paul got in as I think he should have in the um, with the Centennial class in two, 2020. Yeah, yeah, Klecko deserves to go in uh, above. Oh ben no, Klecko, yeah, I'm not, and I'm not trying to. to He's the top guy, yeah, big guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not Jody's, trying to diminish what Klecko did. Jets. I'm a Klecko yeah. wonk and have been for 25 yeah. years. So, uh, yeah, and he played up and down time. the line. That's what I'm saying. He was good. He played, you know, nose tackle, nose guard. I mean, attack, defensive tackle, defensive yeah. end. He was good up and down that line. But I'm going to tell you, if I'm a quarterback, I look and see Gastineau there. And clearly, Gastineau was a pass rush guy. Klecko could do everything. So, anyway. yeah, exactly. That's uh, make I mean. Jody happy and say Jarrell Rebus is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Darrell Rebus is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to get in. So will J- Joe Thomas will get in. Then the question yeah. is the other three guys. I would think. I would think off the top of my head, Demarcus Ware, who should have been a first ballot guy last year. I thought. Yeah. I think uh, it's we'll interesting in. because uh, you guys love pass rushers, right? And, right. and I always yeah. thought I, I used to cover the Vikings back in the day, and I always thought that uh, Chris Dolman and John Randall would have. You know, they might get in, but it take them a little bit longer. Yeah. Now I thought Jared Allen. I thought, well, he'll be in, but he's kind of been lagging. Why? Why do you think? Uh, uh, I I, I can't explain it, John. Um, other than you know championships, you know didn't didn't play on a championship team, and I and what is the player? I think the you know that's brought before us was like sixty-seven percent of the players in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They've got rings they, or, or championships because yeah, um, yeah. obviously guys before the Super Bowl didn't have rings, but but they're championship players. Um, and so, yeah, that should have nothing to do with it, but it, it does, it seems like. And then all decade, it's something like 70% of them are all decade choices, which makes sense. They're the best of their decades. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, 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 Jared Allen will get in. He won't get in this year, but, um, and that's just, a, I mean, that's what I thought, but, but I think he'd get in. Um, the key question for me, Albert Lewis, who I think is a, a, a great guy um, to have up and he's never been a finalist until this year His 20th year of modern era, era eligibility, which is his last year, his last year. So if he doesn't get in now, he gets to kick back to the senior committee and people, your listeners say, so what? He still can get in. Yeah, he can get in. Look at the senior pool of players. As you guys know, it's so deep. There's something like 53 yeah. all decade players in there who've never been discussed Never been. So how do you get these three guys coming out right now? Howley, should he have been long ago? Yeah, sure. Riley, 65 interceptions, fifth best of all time. Yeah. What, what about uh, Joe Klecko? Jody Mack would have put him in as a first ballot guy. But you know what? 
they've sat there because they get forgotten with time. That's what happens. Because I I haven't stated it today. I've stated it 476 times on the air. Only player (laughs) in the history of the National Football League to make the Pro Bowl at three different positions. Joe Klecko. But I digress. I, you you kind of hinted at it earlier. Do you want to come right out and say it? Eagles are going to beat the 49ers. Or do you want to say, I'm leaning toward the Eagles beating the 49ers game on well, Sunday? I mean, it, yeah, no, that I, I would think the Eagles would beat the 49ers just because they're the mo- more complete team. Now, if, if there's an injury, what happens if Hurts gets hurt? You know, if they're turnovers, those are the things you don't really expect. Um, but I think San Francisco's got to play close or ahead to have a chance to this game. I don't want to put it in Brock Purdy's hands. I think this is asking too much of him. And, and as I said before, what he's done is extraordinary. You guys know that. But now you're asking him to go even one step farther. I, I think it's amazing he's helped get this team to where it is now. But, uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if the Eagles lost. I'd be surprised. Yeah. Um, Bengals. 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 Bengals, Eagles, Super likes Bowl. Bengals. I, yeah, I haven't I like made the Bengals. my mind up on that one yet. Uh, yeah, again, you know, I, I, again, I just said, you know, they're they're just a, a complete team. And, and if he doesn't, if uh, Burrow doesn't screw up, how does Mahomes beat him on one leg? Um, you know, maybe it's another chapter to the Superman um, story. But, you know, unfortunately, Superman's got kryptonite here, and that's Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's what the record says. Uh, catch his podcast. I test for two. Check him out on the Talk of Fame. Clark Judge, whenever you come on, you add plenty of insight. We thank you for doing so again today. Uh, enjoy the games on Sunday and then your Hall of Fame stuff coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's a pleasure, guys. And I'll check in with you uh, prior to the Super Bowl when the Eagles are there, right? Ooh, that thank would be you, nice. Clark. Clark, great stuff. Thanks much, bud. Clark Judge, Talk of Fame here with us on Bird Street. I love talking to Clark, man. I'm a I'm a wonk. I love that stuff. I, I love those stories. I love I love it. Love he's, it. He's been doing it a long time at a very high level. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, Mac and Mac. We're running out of time. Need to come back and put a bow in the show. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town.
Hey Eagles fans, Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Mac guys, coming back to put a ball on a show here on Birds 365. Uh, tomorrow I get Johnny Mac for hour number one. Uh, Big B, Barry Brooks, going to fill in for him in hour number two. We're going to have a, uh, a Philly guy living on the West Coast these days. Jason Dumas uh, works for KRON out there in San Francisco, also does some work for Bleacher Report, is going to hop on. He's going to get up early for us. God bless him. Uh, 6.30 a.m. out there on the West yeah. Coast. Well, I'm up. I'm up way before 6.30, Jody. So why not? Okay. It's about the same here, but no, uh, it's off. You, you, Anybody, you have to get up. You get paid to get up. Yeah. He's not getting paid to jump on. I, uh, I, I, I love West Coast people willing to get up. I love them. I uh, love them all. Truly have to appreciate that. All right. Uh, down at the uh, Novacare Complex today, how much time you guys get? What are you going to get in the preparation for the Eagles Niners? Uh, Lana, we get the head coach again. You know, he said we gotta we gotta talk to Nick again because it's NFC Championship week. I, I think Jason Kelsey's on the docket. Fletcher Cox is on the docket. Locker room practice today. Thursday practice, big practice today. Today's the biggest day of the week, Jody. Um, because we get to see practice for you know 10, 15 minutes. Uh, so we'll see Abonte Maddox out there. Um, yeah. Biggest day of the week. Yeah, and the Avante Maddox thing is the thing that uh, I want to hear about most when you and I get together in the morning to find out, is he just going through the motions or is he actually going to get out there and play? I think you'll get a pretty good clue this afternoon. You want to be back here with John and I tomorrow morning? He'll fill in the blanks for us. Partner, safe trip over to uh, South Philly. I'll talk to you in the morning. We'll be back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.